Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. opportunity for granted and uh, we could be anywhere today in uh, in many respects but I'm thankful that we are right here amen I I, I want to just say something that even may sound selfish if you'll give me just a couple of seconds to do so and amen I'm thankful to be right here in this church amen we're not the only church but I think we got a great church and I'm thankful to be here in the presence of the Lord God bless you Amen. <clears throat> good, good to know that we are uh, together again and let the, sp- the spirit of God's word, let it manifest itself in our heart here today. And uh, I, have, I have fervently asked the Lord, as always, to not let me stand here alone, but let his presence and his spirit touch me and uh, just lift me. Amen. And uh, if he will undergird and uh, my steps, then I feel like the Lord can touch us and strengthen us collectively together. Um, if you will turn with me to the book of Second Peter chapter 3, I'm going to begin reading verse number 10. And um, I have taught on this subject many times, and, um, and, I, and not too far uh, long ago or too long ago, I taught on this, but... Uh, I don't say that apologetically because if it's not worth talking about twice, it probably wasn't worth talking about once. And so uh, I, I think it's something very pertinent for the day that we live in. We're, we're living in a shifting climate, um, and we need the Spirit of the Lord to solidify the steps of the church as never before. Amen. As never before. We're, we're uh, according... Uh, Historically, according to Scripture, we are not so much in charted water in uncharted waters as the church at large, because the churches face a lot of uncertain times and a lot of difficult times. But uh, the Scripture talked about talks of Noah that he was a preacher of righteousness; he was a voice of righteousness, and uh, we can read across that pretty quickly and allow the impact of that statement or that identifying mark to just kind of be lost to us just by reading. But if we contrast that statement against the backdrop of Noah's day, when mankind was so uh, out of control that God repented for making him and that God would say, I will destroy all of this and I will, I will start again. And Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord and became a voice of righteousness, a declarer of righteousness against such a dark, dismal, uh, uncertain time. And so here we stand today. I believe the church is not just called 
uh, to be hidden behind a curtain, veiled somewhere, muted somewhere. But I believe the voice of God is beckoning the church to rise as never before. The book of Second Peter chapter 3, I'm going to begin reading with verse 10. We'll read several scriptures. And if you want to follow along in your Bible or on the screen, the Bible says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heaven shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? So against what we've just looked at about the coming of the Lord and what will happen in the end time that the earth and the elements would melt with a fervent heat. He said, seeing these things dissolved, then what manner of persons? If this is coming in our future, what should we be today? There's a mandate placed upon us, a proactive mandate placed upon us today. So it's in verse 12, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. And account, and account that the longsuffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. Also, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, for they which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, or the word there means wrestle, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Now, I bobbled there for just a moment, so I'm going to go back. The Bible says in verse 16, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, for which, which they that are unlearned and unstable wrestle as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Amen. Just because something is difficult doesn't mean we need to back away. Amen, we need to lean in. Sometimes you've got to read it again and, and peel it back and say, Lord, help me get to the heart of this matter. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. And so according to verse number 17, Beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. So we have to be very careful. That's what the writer is saying here, that we slip from our own foundation. And if you haven't had an opportunity for your faith to be challenged and your belief system to be challenged, then you need to hang on because that day will come. And so there are some things that I am a firm believer 
that we must get some things in our heart, in our mind, and we must settle these issues and then say we're just not going to revisit this again. We're going to nail this down. We are going to take care of this and decide this. And so uh, the last time I taught on this, I read this the last two verses from another translation, and I, I want to do that again today because I just want to do this for the sake of clarity. The Bible says in Second Peter three seventeen and 18, ye, you therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard so that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall from your own steadfastness. But the challenge is given to us in verse 18 to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and to the day of eternity. So we have a challenge before us not to just hold on or hang on, but he said you also need to continue to grow. And I, I think there is a danger in people that are just trying to hang on to something without trying to continue to grow. I want to hold on to whatever real estate I have gained, spiritually speaking, but I don't want to just drive my tent stakes down so far that I never grow in the, in the grace of God and allow principles to, to be established and reestablished and reestablished again and again and again. I'm going to tell you that I am always challenged. A few, uh, a few weeks ago, I shared with you about uh, some young couples that we had met that had, were, knew nothing about church whatsoever. I mean, they knew nothing about God whatsoever and how that they came to church and felt the presence of the Lord for the very first time and they responded to what they felt even though they didn't understand that and the Spirit of the Lord anointed them and baptized them with the Holy Ghost, amen. And so when I hear things like that, it just underscores, it just, it just solidifies in my own heart and mind the power of God's word. These were not people that were doing something they had been schooled to do. They just responded to the presence of the Lord, obeyed the word of God, amen. And it, in, in, in fact, in their heart, the spirit of God was born. And so if we're going to adhere to the admonition of the Apostle Peter here, then we have to understand his words, be on guard so that we are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall from our own steadfastness. I have a responsibility. You have a responsibility. We have to then grow in the grace and grow in the knowledge of the Lord. Knowledge is power. Absolutely, knowledge is power. And so the more we know in our heart, and so that's why I'm thankful for people that have an obedient spirit and they are willing to follow leadership. But can I admonish you today, we need to not just follow this for the sake of following. We need to get this in our own heart, in our own mind. If we, if we don't have this, if we don't have this solidified in our own heart and in our own life. And I don't say this to be, um, to try to sound dangerous. I, I don't think it's even, in some respects, even a reach, but there may come a day in the, in the not so distant future that we're not even allowed together like we are here today. And so what are we gonna do? 
if we are constantly dependent on someone to cheerlead us from service to service to service to service to service. If we need somebody to keep preaching and teaching the principles of, of the Lord that keep us free from the bondage of sin, if we have to always have somebody to say, chop, chop, stay in line, come on, let's go now. If we don't have that, I think we're going to be, some people are going to be in some real trouble. If we don't grow in the knowledge of the Lord, amen, I'm going to tell you what I think. I believe there's people in this building right now under the sound of my voice I'm not talking about people who may hear this message on CD or internet or whatever. I'm talking about people in this room that if someone captured you today and put you in a helicopter and dropped you out over a jungle, I believe if we located you 30 years from now, you would be as apostolic there as you are today. That's what I believe in my heart. Amen. I don't think you're doing this to appease men, but I believe we're doing this to appease God. But my fear is there may be people in this house that it wouldn't take near that for you to lose your standing with God. They may just dropped you out over Old Town or something. <laughs> we need to, with great deference to the Davis family and anybody else that may be, be from there or have family from there. I, I should have went way further out than that, but... <laughs> Should have gone to Michigan or something. But uh, anyway, we need to make sure I've got this in my heart. I have this in my heart. I, I'll tell you today that we know we never know what may come in our life that may even prohibit our ability to even be in worship services on a regular basis. An accident or health or, or something else may come our way that doesn't afford us the privilege. And I don't want to embarrass her today, but Sister Myers, Sister Joyce Myers is able to be with us today and what a privilege for that. But, but circum that's, let's do that. <laughs> that's appropriate circumstances beyond her control and, and the health, the degrading health of her husband has prohibited her from being in the house of God. Amen, I'm glad she showed up this morning and we still recognize her. Amen, I'm glad she showed up today and our young people could see her walking across the parking lot and you say, hey, that, that, I know that lady. I know that's Sister Joyce Meyer. She hasn't changed one bit. Something is solid and something has been solidified in her heart a long, long time ago. All right to use you, ain't it? Amen, it's a little, a little bit late if I'm in trouble. I got the, I got the Myers family and all the Old Town crew mad at me. So I <laughs> just keep on here. It's going to be me and you, babe. Just me and you. That's it. <laughs> Don't leave me now. Don't leave me now. We must grow in Christ. We must grow and have... And, and recognize that he is my source of strength. I'm thankful for church, and I'm thankful for our opportunities of corporate worship. I was looking forward to being here today in the house of the Lord, but I'm gonna tell you that our source of strength is beyond these four walls and beyond the ministries of this church, but our source of strength is Jesus Christ. Amen. He, his word is that source that flows into our lives that keeps us. And so I need to let the power of the Holy Ghost be alive in my heart. And what happens when we allow the spirit of God to be alive in our heart is that the spirit, the Holy Spirit produces spirit fruit. That's what starts happening. Amen. There's fruit of the spirit that just begins to 
blossom and grow in our lives, or it should. Those things should begin to take place when we have the Spirit of the Lord. And today specifically, I want to, my, my subject is sanctification, and I want to talk about the power of this and the beauty of this, because to sanctify literally means to set apart or to make holy or to purify or to consecrate. And, and unequivocally today, I will tell you that God has always had a sanctified people. He has always had a called out people, a set apart people. Amen. And so despite what some may say, I believe that sanctification is not just an important subject. I think it's a very important subject. And especially in the day that we live where our morals seem to be decaying at a rapid pace. Amen. There needs to be someone to stand and declare God's unchanging word. Amen. And I'm not just talking about from behind a desk as this, but I believe that we must declare this in our daily lives. Amen. You can declare the power of sanctification when you walk in your office and never say a word. When you show up on your job tomorrow, your life can speak of the power of sanctification. Amen. It's too important. It's too important to ignore. Most likely, uh, at least in the, the context of our nation, there's never been an hour where this message is more relevant. We speak of sanctification or we speak of holiness. I want to be clear about my thought process because I don't think that holiness is just a, a mere adherence to some rules or regulations. I don't think holiness is just derived from things that are on some list with a bunch of bullet points there. But I believe that true holiness begins inside. There's a washing of our heart, a washing of our spirit, amen, that affects our motives, that affects how we walk and talk. Amen, that is brought about by the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That's why people need, another reason why people need the Holy Ghost. You can't just do this by sheer willpower, but so long. After a while, flesh is going to conquer. We need the spirit of the Lord abiding in us. It's an inward cleansing that separates us and sets us apart from the world. And I believe that we obviously need an outward cleansing and outward signs, but if if it doesn't begin on the inside of our heart, if our motives are not right, if, if the catalyst behind that is wrong, then perhaps the end result will be wrong. Under the law, God sanctified a Sabbath day, and he declared that Sabbath day holy. But under the dispensation of grace, God has sanctified the church, you and I. Amen. Those that have been bought by, by his blood, he sanctified them to make them holy. Now, holiness is not in the mind of God. The ideology behind holiness is not to create a spirit of pride or empower someone to look down on others. Paul warned against that. He said that we should never compare ourselves among ourselves. He said, if you do that, you're not wise. Uh, the Bible also teaches us that we should not judge another shepherd's sheep. You have no idea where someone is walking or what they are going through or what they have been through just to get to where they are. And so we need to leave those, those things into the hands of God. Second Corinthians 10, Paul said to those that, that compare themselves, he said, you're not wise. You're not wise to do that. So if someone is using a, a something as beautiful as sanctification, 
If someone is using something as beautiful as holiness to condemn the rest of the world, then they have a misguided understanding of what God is trying to present in the body of Christ. Amen. So we don't need to look at the lives of others. What we really need to do is look deep within our own life and then compare that to the word of God. And so it's, it's this process that begins after we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's where to from here. I believe that when we get the Holy Ghost that, that we must guard ourselves against not just, if I can say uh, this way, I've, I've used this illustration a lot, just to go find a favorite place, a favorite pew and just ride out time. But we have, that's where the work begins. We've got a new babe that's been born. And so this is where the work begins. And so where do we go from here? Uh, Simon Peter said that we need to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord. We don't need to stop growing. We need to continue to grow. And so what does this mean in everyday language? I believe that it means that we need to learn how to live a life that is free from the bondage of sin. We need to learn how to live a life that is above the entanglements of this world that we live in, things and vices that once held us, There should be something different about us. And so uh, the Holy Ghost gives us the power to do that. I'll tell you what I could do today. I won't do this, but I could ask you to raise your hand and if we were to honestly respond, how many people have struggled after you received the Holy Ghost with some vices and things in your life? Every hand, if we were being honest about that, would, would, would readily go up. But aren't you thankful that you had the power of the Lord to turn to and say, God, I need you to help me. I need you... I need to conquer this. And as I've said many times that we don't need to just keep repenting about the same thing. We need to not just ask the Lord for forgiveness. We need to ask the Lord for deliverance because there are some besetting sins, things that keep showing up on our doorstep. We're leaving, we, we must be leaving the wrong sign out. Amen. If things just keep showing up on our doorstep. Yesterday, uh, we were privileged that Sister Boyd and I and, and Brother Everett, we were privileged to be in a ministers and wives meeting, uh, a fellowship and, uh, and, and a, a meeting and fellowship. And Brother Williams was, uh, Brother and Sister Williams was a speaker. And uh, Brother Williams began to share a story about a man that I happened to know and remembered this entire story uh, as it played out many years ago. But he, he talked about... Uh, a man and his wife that started coming to their church, they started coming to the church in Ocala as an end result of their son, who many of you would know their son, uh, that had come to the church and received the Holy Ghost and uh, began dating one of the young ladies in the church and they were about to get married in the process of the wedding. I think a wedding shower was actually what brought the mother uh, to the church, uh, at least to a church fellowship for the very first time. And then uh, she in turn... Um, invited her husband to come. And and I'm repeating Brother Williams here, and this was how he categorized them, not being unkind, but he just kind of put this in brackets of understanding. He said that that the parents, he said, well, basically they were just leftover hippies. (laughs) And he wasn't being unkind. He was just trying to put it in context. And he said they had no idea about church, living for God. They had no idea about any any of those things. And uh, so yesterday, as he talked about the, they came to church and, 
and uh, they were still in their old old church over on 8th Street, and he said, uh, sitting in the very back, he said he remembers specifically that as the, the at the conclusion of the service that that uh, the mother just literally pushed people out of the way, so to speak, and, and just came running literally to the altar. And the Lord baptized her with the Holy Ghost that night. And she was baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of her sins. And, and how uh, the father kept coming to church, but it was a little bit longer process for him. Uh, and, and that happens sometimes, but he just kept coming. And, and uh, one night or one day, one service, at any rate, he came uh, to the altar again and the Lord just filled him with the Holy Ghost that day. And, and he said just a few services after that uh, that he came to church and he's just, uh, I'll just say this and leave it alone here, but he said that uh, he just looked completely different when he got to church. And so Brother Williams said that uh, he came to him and he said, you know, I just, I just want to explain something. He said, this morning when I was getting dressed, he said, I looked at myself in the mirror and he said, you know, you had something happen on the inside, but you sure don't look any different on the outside. Amen. Now that's what the Lord Spoke in his heart. That's what happens when we open ourselves to grow in the knowledge of the Lord. And so that's why I think as a church that we need to exercise uh, a lot of things. We need to exercise common sense, I think, to begin with. And then we need, need to be patient and kind and, and, and let the Spirit of God do some work. That, that doesn't negate teaching and that doesn't negate people being an example of that. And if I could just say this, and, uh, and I will just say this for God in heaven's sake. Don't you start backpedaling. We need people that have something settled in their heart that we can lead people to. Amen. And so we need, don't, don't allow something in your life to come unhinged. Don't lose your foundation, but just stand the test of time and allow the spirit and the presence of the Lord. We have no idea what people may have to work through in their life and you don't know what's going on behind the scene and so that's why we just need to hold on. Amen. Nail those things down in your life and just hold on to them and let the spirit of God touch us and then have something to lead someone to. I think that today, sadly, there are many people that just settle for watered down versions of the truth and those watered down versions of the truth allow people to overlook and even excuse sin in their own life. Amen. And so we need people that can stand true and people that can stand apart and people that can stand out. Amen. I, you know, sometimes people in the church are all worried about standing out. But I see people in the world, you just go to a mall they're obviously not worried about standing out. They're not worried about hanging out. And I'm not talking about sitting around. <laughs> They're not worried about anything. And how, which, how should we be? Was that too strong for... <laughs> Amen. They're not worried about a thing. So why should I be ashamed to be covered up? Why should I be ashamed to be modest? Why should I be ashamed? We shouldn't be ashamed of those things. Amen. 
And so we need to allow those things to, to be solidified in our heart, amen, and, and let the presence of God settle some things in our life, in our heart. You know what? People need something to look to. They need something to walk toward. They need an example in their own life. Amen, I don't want to mention any names here, but a member of this church uh, just a few years ago, uh, they, they worked with uh, someone that is a, a pastor's wife, a minister's wife, I guess a pastor, minister's wife at least. And so on, on, uh, on their job at a Christmas party, they all showed up drinking. So if we got that going on here, we got real trouble. Real trouble. And while I think some put their arm around them and say, man, this is cool because it kind of justifies what's going on in my own life, I think somewhere down in someone's heart there's some disappointment. Real disappointment. Real disappointment. Real disappointment that would say we, we shouldn't be doing this. We need someone to lift the standard. And so I'm just going to say it again today that we need to hold on lest we lose the footing of our own sure foundation. Amen. And I understand the call of God that is upon my life, not only as a minister of the gospel, but as a pastor and a shepherd, I get the call of God that is upon my life, probably more so than anybody in this building. But let me interject something here. If I have no business doing it, and if I have no business going there, there is a broad chance you have no business doing it or going there or partaking in that as well. Amen. So we just need to let the power of the Lord bathe us with the beauty of sanctification. Amen, I've been set apart. That doesn't mean I've been picked on, called out, that God is using me for a punching bag. No, no, no. I am so thankful that I'm not relegated to those things, amen, to make me what I should be, but I am relegated to the gospel of Jesus Christ. His word bathe me and wash me, amen, solidify myself before you today, Lord. Amen. God, help us in this, in this day. Amen. Nothing. I would tell you that there is nothing more beautiful than, than the spirit of holiness. Nothing more beautiful than the spirit of holiness. And so we need to let the spirit of the Lord. I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to hurry ahead so you, I'm skipping some things and just, uh, and you can be seated. I'm skipping some things to just try to find me as we go along here. Matthew, Matthew 5 and 48, Jesus said, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. And so we kind of stagger at words like perfect, but the Greek word translated perfect there means complete. And so how can we be complete if we're not holy? We need to be holy within, holy within. I'm going to tell you something very dangerous is when somebody cleans up this outside and doesn't clean up the inside. Amen. And that is nothing more than the scribes and the, the Pharisees. And, and, and so we need to let the Spirit of God give birth to this in our heart and it will manifest those fruit in our life. And so holiness is something that we ought to be in pursuit of. I, I, I've uh, said many times that that the, the holiness is referred to in scripture as a highway. And if people can just get on the right road, headed in the right direction, they will arrive at where God is trying to take them. And so we're all at different places on the journey. 
Amen. But if I just say this often, but if you're way on up the road, don't pull off and wait for others. Just keep going. Amen. And allow somebody to grow and have something to grow. I'm going to tell you today that, that there are certain expectations that you would have of other people. Amen. There are th- certain things that you would expect of them and you would be disappointed otherwise. There would be some things, there would be some places you would be disappointed if you saw me there. Let's just be honest. There would be, there would be, there would be some attire you would be disappointed if you saw me wearing that. And you know what? Here's something that you need to think about. Somebody, somebody else somewhere is looking at you with that same prism, with that same level of expectation. And so I say, Lord, help us to be holy, not just at church, not just, not just something we do while we're here and kind of keep our conversation clean while we're at church and kind of keep everything all while we're around everybody. But I want this to be in my heart, our home to be a holy place, not just the church to be a holy place, but our home, our conversations, everything about our lives to be sanctified unto the Lord, unto the Lord. If ever there was a day There's many reasons, countless reasons, but if there was ever a day that young people need to have something to look toward that has foundation, it is the day we're living in. Amen. There there is such a lack of foundation, such a lack of just fundamental things in the homes and in the lives of people. We need to hold what we can. Amen. We need to hold. So not by our own, our own means, of course. It's not our own righteousness. Isaiah said all that would just be filthy rags. But we need to be complete in him. The Bible says in Colossians 2 and 8, Beware lest any man spoil you or seduce you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. For in him... Christ dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. And so there is no way we can really attain true holiness without Jesus Christ. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you need the Holy Ghost. If you're not if you're you're here today and you don't have the Holy Ghost, you are you've got you have arrived on a good day. <laughs> Amen, you have come to a great place because you can have the Holy Ghost today. And we need to have not just the Holy Ghost one time, just one little spurt of, 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 of an intersection of great, wonderful experience with the Lord, but we need to get it again and again and again and again. And I'll ask you this morning to ask yourself, when's the last time you spoke in tongues as the Spirit of the Lord gave the utterance that we just prayed through and let the Spirit of God bathe us again and again and again and if you think your pastor is mentioning something today that's unnecessary you could not be in greater error we don't need to just get the Holy Ghost at some juncture in our life way down the road way way somewhere in our distant past amen I want to get it again I want to let the spirit of God baptize me with his power again and again and again and again praise God Amen. We need the Spirit of the Lord. I'm going to tell you something, friend. Living for God's not a drudgery. 
I tell you what disappoints me is to see long-faced people and sad, dreary, negative people that have the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost, amen, to baptize us with a spirit of joy and contentment and peace in our heart. Isaiah said, with joy, you shall draw water from the wells of salvation. I'm gonna tell you, with joy, I'm living for God. With joy, I'm counting the cost. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Amen. Proverbs, Solomon said in Proverbs, he said that the way of a transgressor is hard. And so I need my attitude toward the things of God to be correct. It's a very sad day when people that call themselves an ambassador of Christ have some sour, negative attitude. I know we all have bad days. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about there's some people that hadn't smiled in a long time. Long time. Amen. <laughs> and so our presentation, this is the greatest thing in the world. And the presentation of that ought to be the greatest thing in the world. People ought to feel something and know something is different. Whether they ever say that or acknowledge that or nothing or, or not, you never know. You never know when someone is just watching and you never know when someone's looking and you never know who who you're talking to. I use the example, we were away preaching a few months ago and, and checking into the hotel the night before we had some issues that were not anybody's problems, but it was a difficult thing to try to get those resolved and the lady kept apologizing and I said, it's not a problem. It's, it, and it really wasn't a problem. It's just a matter, we'll get through this. And, and so we finally got through that and uh, I went the next morning and was to, to preach in the church. Sister Boyd and I were together and looked back there and lo and behold was the lady that was checking us in and it's the first time she'd ever been to church. And I didn't realize that when the pastor went down to reserve our room, he had invited her to church and she came and I was so glad I didn't cut up. Because we all cut up every now and then. <laughs> There's enough guilt in this room to have a three-hour altar call right now. It interrupts our day, interrupts our schedule, interrupts this, interrupts that. And, and I don't make that a habit, certainly don't make that a habit, but I was just thankful that everything was, was good. All is good. I see some of our Sunday school students peering longingly in here. And so I will try to bring this to a conclusion. Amen. We need the Spirit of the Lord to help us to be separated from sin. Today we, uh, we hear the word grace so much until it has almost been turned to disgrace. Amen. We, we really need the Spirit of God. I, I know that we have grace and thank God for grace. But we need to understand the responsibility that we have the Bible um, talks about Jesus healing a lame man in John 5. And we often rejoice over the fact that Jesus told him to take up his bed and walk. I'm just going to challenge your mind with something here today. But if we drop down a few verses and look at the moments that follow the miracle... In the 14th verse of John 5, the Bible says, Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. 
I don't want to get so caught up in the miracle that I miss the divine insight and instructions that followed. Sin no more. I don't know what the implication here is at all if Jesus was intending to reveal who this uh, to, the, to this man who he was, or but he gave him two things to validate exactly who was speaking to him. He first revealed to him that he knew uh, something about his past because he said sin no more. And then Jesus also proved that he knew something concerning his future, lest a worse thing come upon thee. And so uh, I, I would pray that the Spirit of God would help us not to, to return to some things that we have been delivered from. Sadly, through the years, I've watched some people let go of some things and they didn't bury it deep enough because they went back to it in time. Amen, we need to bury it and we need to leave that alone because I don't want more coming in my life. Amen, I need the Spirit of God to touch me. As a matter of fact, we find this same, uh, if I could use the word principle, we find this same principle in John 8 and 11 with a woman that was caught in the act of adultery. In John 8 and 11, she said, No man, Lord, and Jesus said, Unto her, neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. Amen. And so we have to get a handle on the issue of sin. Jesus said, verily answered them in, in John 8 and 34, he said, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is a servant to sin. And so who are we serving today? And so we need to, we need to understand the, the, the power of being released from the bondage of sin. I'm speaking to people here today that understand the power of the bondage of sin and the beauty of being out from under the bondage of sin. Amen? I believe I'm speaking to people that understand the bondage of sin. Amen? So we clearly see in Scripture that it's unwise for anybody to try to justify some sort of lifestyle or some sort of ungodliness in our life. And so if we are going to live an overcoming life, then we need the Word of God, the Spirit of God at work constantly in our life. Amen. And I want to do that by inviting Him into my life every day. Help me today. Walk with me today. Order my steps in your Word today. Surround me today. Amen. I can't get good enough on my own. I can't get strong enough on my own to live a pure, holy life, absent from the power of the Holy Ghost, actively working in our lives. Amen. There are just some things, long after we've been serving the Lord, we just find God just kind of tightening some things up in our own life and just saying, you know, I could do without that. I'm just better off without that. I'm just going to let that down, and I'm going to give that to the Lord. Amen. The Spirit working on the inside, I promise you, produces results on the outside. I need the Spirit of the Lord to touch me. Amen. As our musicians come, I'm going to uh, close with uh, this illustration. A few a few weeks ago, I was um, looking to buy um, a part for an air compressor, and so I went into one store and I found it uh, the the part, and um, it was fairly expensive. It was really more money than I wanted to spend. And so I, uh, I got a flyer in the mail a few days after that. 
from another store had the same product significantly cheaper. So I thought, well, I'll just go there and I'll get it. And so when I, I got there, I was standing there and the picture on the box looked identical to, just in many ways, to the one that I was looking at in another store. And I just got to think, I mean, everybody likes a good deal. But I just got to think, how could there be so much difference? And so I opened the box and I pulled it out. And when I held it in my hand, I could tell this was not a quality part at all. Had a little valve on it. I turned the valve. It almost broke in my hand. That's a gospel truth right in the store. Like, I thought, you know what? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some research on this. I'm going to look into this a little bit more. And so I, I did as much as I could. And I found many, many problems with the part. And the problems with the part were internal. The outside looked the same. But it's the inferior internal parts. And when you put this under high pressure, there were even cases of it exploding and sending shrapnel. And so... Some people want something watered down. They want pulpits watered down. You hear me today. I don't want you to think I'm being unkind when I say this, but sometimes when I'm preaching, I feel people pushing back. And so you just have to lean in and push back. Not because I'm standing on Steve Boy, but because I'm standing on this. And as long as I got this by my side, I'm going to push back. Because once we get all of this right where we want it, where it fits us and it's comfortable and where nothing ever offends us and nothing ever bothers us and we just all just hold hands and just sing our songs and walk our merry way. I was reading Ezekiel this morning, 33. I'm going to teach on this soon, so I don't want to get too deep into this. But, but I was reading Ezekiel 33 this morning and and Ezekiel said, the Lord said to Ezekiel, he said, you sound the trumpet. I'm just using some of my words here. And you see the danger, you sound the trumpet. And if they don't obey, it's going to be on them. But if you don't sound the trumpet and they don't obey, they're still going to have to pay for their iniquity. But the scripture said, but their blood will I require of you. So, as far as this pastor is concerned, I have a lot more responsibility here than just marrying young and burying the old. But I have a responsibility to to declare the whole counsel of God. I want to do it in love. I certainly do. But I can't bathe this in so many feathers that we miss the point. Because some of the word of God is referred to as a sword. It should pierce our heart. It should 
wake, awaken us where we are. It should arrest us where we are. Amen. God, help us to be a called out church, a sanctified people for his name. People need something to walk toward, to live toward. Amen. I'm thankful for, I'm, I'm so thankful. I'm, I'm so thankful for this. I mentioned this yesterday, but I'm so thankful for this. I'm thankful for our elders. I'm going to ask you to stand, and I, I am closing. I'm, I'm thankful for our elders. And I just want to make an appeal to our elders this morning. Hold on. Please don't change. Please don't move. Because you play such an important role in the kingdom of God. Now, Eli got in trouble with the Lord. And he received a rather odd sentence. Because Eli thought so much of his sons that he would not say or do anything to them. Didn't want to interrupt the youth. And so the Lord said to Eli, there will be no elders. There will be no elders. That's your curse. That's your, that's your mark. Am I right? Some of you Bible folks. So I'll take away your foundation. And when you take away the foundation, friend, you have taken something substantial. And so I asked some of you elders today to hold on to where you are. When I speak of elder, please don't just do that in years. Because some of you have been in the church a long time. Amen. Hold on. Would you hold on? Because you play an important, integral part in the church because somebody is making their way to where you are and if you move, what are they going to make their way to? Don't move out of the way, but hold on and give someone something to reach for, to stretch themselves for. Uh, The greatest thing we would ever lose today would be our history. The greatest thing we would ever lose would be our foundation. Let's give our youth not just an address of a building to come to and worship. Man, but let's give the, the generation walking behind us, this generation that has in the last few minutes joined us, let's give them something to live toward. Amen. Let them look, have something to look toward and to emulate in their own life. Can we lift our hands and love the Lord together in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.